For centuries, our perception of money was exclusively limited to physical currency. The cash and coins used to facilitate exchange and allow goods and services to be given and received in return for payment. However, various financial systems have existed throughout history. Historically, currency typically depended on the value of the material it was made from. Until the 20th century, it was either a commodity in itself, such as a precious metal, or was backed by such a commodity. Welcome back to another episode of Living Fire. If you never want to miss an upload, make sure to subscribe to the channel. In the 1700s, physical currency in Europe was tied to the value of gold, only to become a fiat currency in the 1970s, aka it stopped being backed by gold or any other commodity. Today is no different. There are numerous currencies in existence, many of which we're familiar with, yet perhaps don't realize their status as currency, such as store loyalty points and air miles. These are called cooperative or complementary currencies, which operate alongside the central financial infrastructure. In some communities, local currencies have been created to operate in a specific area, allowing residents to obtain goods and services in exchange for this local currency. Likewise, business transactions have been made using specialized business currencies, such as the Swiss WIR system. However, the advancement in technology and digitization aspect of society, including the financial system alternative currency systems, such as cryptocurrencies, have skyrocketed in poignancy due to the interconnectivity of the internet and the opportunities provided by technological advancements. So, what is money? An economist defines money as an agreement to use something standardized as a medium of exchange within a community. The currency we use on a day-to-day -day basis can only perform as a medium of exchange because our human community has agreed as such. That's what stops physical currency from being simply paper or metal, as it would revert to being in, for example, an apocalypse scenario. No matter how much physical currency you had in possession, it would lose its value, as it is a human construct designed to work in our society as is. If our societal, economic, and financial systems vanished, $1 million wouldn't be worth as much as a can of beans, unless you needed to start a fire. A further explanation of the concept of money can be derived from Schumpeter, Austrian finance minister and political economist, who described money as a claim ticket to goods or commodities, rather than being a commodity itself. When we look at money in this way, our limited views of what money is and can be expands. How digital advances are redesigning the concept of money. Since the dawn of the internet, and more recently still, the development of mobile and app payment technologies such as mobile banking and apps such as Apple Pay, our narrow view of what money is was widened. An event that mainly shattered society's illusion about the stability of the current financial infrastructure was the 2008-09 financial crisis. It's no coincidence that following this crisis, Bitcoin was established. Because unlike physical currency distributed by banks, Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies are decentralized currencies that facilitate transactions online using blockchain technology. Transactions are recorded via the adding of blocks to a distributed ledger. These blocks are validated by various nodes in the ledger system, recording the history of transactions across the entire system so they cannot be changed once the transaction has been recorded. Bitcoin and similar cryptocurrencies, such as Ether, have faced criticism for not being actual money and is considered by many to be a speculative investment destined to crash in value since it is a form of fiat money, not backed by any particular commodity, though so is the physical currency we use day to day. 
Despite this, in September 2021, it was adopted by El Salvador as legal tender. This means it can be used to legally settle debts and can be used to acquire goods and services. One of the key roles of what we consider traditional money. It was also briefly accepted by Tesla before the decision was revoked due to blockchain technology's massive carbon footprint. Considering that the defining feature of money is that a community agrees to be a means of exchange, El Salvador's legislation must define Bitcoin as a form of money, at least in that country. More than decentralized currencies such as Bitcoin, distributed ledger technology has the potential to support centralized currencies, meaning it would be regulated by a central authority, such as currency distributed by banks. Indeed, due to the quickly developing financial technologies, even mainstream banks are looking at creating their own digital money, known as central bank digital currencies, or CBDCs. El Salvador's validation of Bitcoin as currency by making it legal tender paves the way for new competing currencies, such as but not limited to cryptocurrencies, to enter the market and establish themselves as money. In the future, we may well see multiple competing currencies operating at once within mainstream society, or as social theorist Friedrich Hayek proposed, a new currency may outcompete the one we have in place if it suits the needs of society better. The deciding factor determining whether we will see this future with different or multiple manifestations of money is whether these currencies will achieve great enough acceptance by society so that economic policies can be established to standardize them as mediums of exchange. The link between money and sustainability has not been adequately discussed. We often take our monetary system as a given, like the laws of nature, a broken mirror that cannot be replaced no matter how distorted the image, as long as it serves those who made it. We know that 80% of environmental impact reductions can be made in the design phase of a product or a service. Can our economy, the web encapsulating all of goods and services, be designed in a way that harnesses this opportunity? This video aims to explore how. Let's suppose that you have two potted plants in front of you. One is kept in the open air, where it gets enough sunlight and is kept well hydrated. Naturally, it is flourishing. The second plant is kept in the shade and is not well watered. As a result, its leaves have turned yellow and are drooping. The two pots are akin to the haves and the half-nots in our world, sharing the same geography, but divided by race, class, and wealth. Similar to how we would address a dying plant, it makes sense that we take steps to nourish the people of color, working class, and the poor, who have been denied equal access to economic resources made available to the white and the rich. Here comes the but. Economics is the study of the efficient allocation of scarce resources. Sunlight and water may be in plenty, but economic resources, unfortunately, aren't. Isn't it funny that nature, the most complex and intricately designed system, provides for all beings without any form of differentiation, yet we choose to rely on an economic system that allows for massive inequality based on the idea that well-being is a zero-sum game? Is it possible to engineer an economic system that promises sustainable abundance for all, without exception? Unraveling the patterns that got us to where we are today can help us detach from patterns that no longer serve us. New Money for a New World, published 2017, proposes a unique approach to our relationship with money. The book outlines how all conventional national currencies today are Yang currencies. They have a positive interest rate, which means that a user benefits from accumulation. The more you accumulate, the richer you become and encourages competition. The book then takes us back to the golden age, which as the name suggests, 
was a time in history that was characterized by sufficiency, not scarcity, generosity, not greed, and faith, not fear. Every household was prosperous as people were able to raise enough money to serve their needs without having to raise taxes, redistribute wealth, or rely on government support. A river that freely flows becomes the ocean. It is the forced stream that gets trapped in a dam. The secret ingredient of the golden age was its reliance on yen currencies. The key component of a yen currency is its negative interest rates, which means that I am not any richer today than I was yesterday just by stacking cash under my bed or in my bank account. As a result, a yen currency encourages circulation of cash towards where it is needed the most, be it infrastructure, education, health, agriculture, etc., rather than stockpiling it. In other words, a yen currency incentivizes investments to increase social capital rather than individual wealth. Our economy is a web of closely knit industries that are independent on each other. If we truly want to achieve social, emotional, physical, and mental well-being for all, our economy must be built on a solid foundation of nurturing feedback loops, not self-destructing ones. The potential for increased social capital, connections with neighbors, as a result of positive feedback loops, is depicted by the participatory city's research-based benefits to social capital, the multiplier effect diagram. Based on the idea of building social capital, the organization Slow Money channels investments capital into community development projects where it is needed most. By making 0% loans to farmers and small food enterprises, they are saying no to oil and yes to soil, thereby building towards a restorative economy. Their model shows that positive, mutually reinforcing change can lead to positive outcomes for well-being. This feedback loop of creating physical, natural capital, financial and social capital could be achieved at a global scale by an economy that is based on both yin and yang currencies. Such an economic system would allow every person, every being, to get their fair share of sunshine and rain. And with that, we've reached the end of this episode, all about rethinking the concept of money. If you enjoyed this one and found it helpful, remember to leave a like on the video and to subscribe to Living Fire for even more amazing videos just like this one. Thank you for watching, and we'll see you in the next one.